Hey y'all, and welcome to the next episode of Champagne Cinema, the show where we do what we do best, which is watch films, drink some wine, and then whine about them. My name is C, and joining me today is Chris. Hi everyone. <laughs> I was going to say, you did well in, you know, using G'day. I don't even know if I say it properly, to be honest, but I feel like you pulled it off. Really like accentuated it there. <laughs> I don't know how not to. <laughs> All right. So everyone, welcome back. Uh, we have a next set of three films that we're going to be discussing for the next couple of weeks. And I'm super pumped about these ones. Uh, it's definitely one of my favorite films film genres that we're focusing on and I've seen all of these three movies before multiple times and I think you have as well see but you kind of have forgotten parts of them and things I hadn't seen the one we're doing today but I've seen the other ones won't give it away yeah we don't give too much away it's pretty obvious when we announce what we're doing I feel like you're going in a bit green which is great because I am not um (laughs) (laughs) But excited to announce that our next set of podcast episodes will be dedicated to those that are directed by the man, the myth, and the legend, James Cameron himself. If you're a James Cameron fan, you know he has some of the biggest blockbusters like of all time. But this series is going to focus on three sci-fi ones. So for all of those Leo DiCaprio fans out there, there will be no talking about Titanic in the next couple of weeks. We're sorry. That maybe might come up at a different time. Yeah, we'll do it eventually. (laughs) Yeah. So our first episode of the James Cameron series is 1986's Aliens. So Alien number two, which seems like a really natural flow on from our Alien episode a couple of months ago, early late last year. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it so that you can continue on this alien journey with us. Yeah. So we've seen Alien. I've seen Alien. And so this is the one I have not seen before. So it was Fresh Eyes. And we did watch it together. This is another we one did. we were like, you wanted to prioritize this one as a watch together. Well, I feel like you needed it. It has the jumpy bits. Yeah. You know, it's got it's definitely not as I would say jumpy is the first one. Yeah, I'd agree. But with it definitely that. has its it's more of an action sci-fi as opposed to like thriller, keeps you on the edge of your seat type situation. Yes, which I seem to be okay with. But yeah, I agree. Alien was more suspenseful a little bit more because you don't know what it is, kind of. You're learning mm-hmm. about this creature. So you kind of know a little bit more like what you're getting into with aliens. Yes, 100%. Before we dive into the discussion, please remember that this podcast will contain spoilers. If you have never seen Aliens with an S and you don't want us to ruin it, you should probably go watch the film first and then come back and listen. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Fucking A. Okay, so a brief plot description. I will say everything I found online wasn't quite up to standard. So I have hodgepodged a couple of plots together, added my own mix to it. So I'm just going to say I wrote this plot description. Very proud of myself. IMDb should hire you. I, I, I Honestly, I'm like, do I like put this into IMDb or like put it on Wikipedia and people yeah. upvote that this is a good description of the plot? But anyway, so... 57 years after having a close encounter with the xenomorph alien creature from the first movie, Ellen Ripley awakes from her hypersleep on a salvage ship on its way back to Earth. Ripley is debriefed by her employees at the Weyland yutani Corporation, key point for future alien movies, and tries to warn anyone who will listen about the alien that killed her last crew. Although she is ignored at first by the white men in the room, 
when contact with the colonists on planet, colonists, colonialists, whatever the people are living <laughs> on the planet, LV426, which is the first planet in the first movie, if you've forgotten, they thought this planet was safe, but then contact was suddenly lost with them. And Ripley and a military team are sent to confront the aliens, except they don't really believe it's aliens yet. It's like no one believed her. Yeah. Anyway. When they arrive on the planet, the aliens have already taken over the space colony. And as the Marines search the de deserted colony, they find out that they're up against more than they bargained for, which they definitely were. Using special modified machine guns and firepower, it's either fight or die as the space Marines battle against the aliens. As the Marines do their best to defend themselves, Ripley must attempt to protect a young girl called Newt, who is a sole survivor of the nearly wiped out space colony. Lots of twists and turns, but pretty standard plot. This film stars Sigourney Weaver again, reprising her role as Ripley. Michael, I'm going to get this wrong, Michael Bain as Corporal Hicks, aka my boyfriend. Bill Paxton as Private Hudson and Lance Henriksen as Bishop. And your favorite was, well, not your favorite, you're excited to see him, Paul Reiser as Burke. What was he from? Mad About You? Was that it? Yeah, it's Mad About You. TV so, show? Yeah. With Helen Hunt? Yes. Oh my gosh. My brain. Yeah. Paul I was Reisner. like, I'm Reisner. There we go. And Helen Hunt. Or maybe it is Riser, and I've been saying it wrong. But yeah, I love Mad About You. And that's why I was very confused by his character. Because I'm like, oh, I love him. <laughs> He's so sweet. And then you're like, wait. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. Okay. So for the plonk, we kind of did a revisit of what we drank for or what I drank for my big fat Greek wedding. I had some left, so I brought it over, which was the Oyster Bay Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, but we added some Pellegrino to kind of make it more of a spritzer. What did you think? I liked it with the spritzer. I think it just, I think I'm into the spritzer, adding that to rosé and whites at the moment, just to ease off the alcohol a little bit. And it's spring and it just bit more festive and light especially this was like at two o'clock in the afternoon yeah, like on a Sunday yeah so it just kind of like eased that but I wasn't going to drink and then you brought it over and I'm like all right pour me a glass can't say no you even <laughs> pre-texted me like hey FYI I feel like I need to just let you know I'm not drinking and I was like okay and then I saw the bottle in the fridge and I'm like I kind of want something light and so I brought it over and I didn't have to convince you I didn't even I like say are you sure you want some you're like can I have some <laughs> Like, what my own words I mean <laughs> like god damn it pour me a glass bitch let's add some soda water to it to make me feel better about life <laughs> I mean it was a light white so it's like the least harmless you could do and we weren't like drinking a whole bottle so I think that made it easier for you mm -hmm. to change your mind and cave <laughs> peer pressure I'm just a sucker what's this uh, that's a grenade launcher. I don't think you want to mess with that. You started this. Show me everything. I can handle myself. <laughs> yeah, I noticed. So going into the plot and working through the big scenes of the film, you know, you mentioned it already. She wakes up after 57 years and is figuring out what the hell is happening. Where is she? What time? Everything. What is it? And then that's when Paul Reiser, which is Burke in the film, comes in. And I feel like I just noted right away how he came in with her cat, Jones, which just, side note, Jones made it. 
like Jones was asleep, <laughs> which was important. Um, he comes in with Jones and just looks like Dr. Evil or something and just had like this weird look to him. But then I was confused because I love him and he does seem like a nice guy. But he also had a very popped aggressive collar. Also, I re- remember that. He was the corporate man. And I yes. think so the whole Whalen Corporation, this plays a lot into future movies like Prometheus. And you definitely see this storyline of the corporate side of things building it's kind of touched on a little bit in alien how it's like you know corporate greed like them wanting to get their money and paid by Whalen and stuff this one they make it a bit more obvious because the first one ash was also Wayland property and you know how he kind of backstabbed them and said actually this is about getting this specimen back to earth and now in this one even though the kind of android which was bishop actually ended up being good it ended up being a human was the one that was backstabbing them but still connected to wayland corporation so it's like what is going on at wayland corporation you're suspicious of why are they aggressively trying to get this thing back to earth to become like essentially like a weapon Mm -hmm. Um, and it plays into more of that but i i think you you're right you don't trust him because he looks different he looks like a corporate guy I also don't understand why this corporate guy decides to go to a faraway planet with uh, like the military. Well, (laughs) I think he, you see him and he seems to be like a friendly guy. He's helping her. Like she's obviously super traumatized by what happened to her. She has that dream where like the aliens burst out of her stomach and then this whole thing comes up with the colonists and they need to go there and she really doesn't want to go. But then I think she's realizing she needs to face her fear. She'll never get over it. And so he is there to kind of support. And so you're like, maybe he's okay. But yeah, then he like goes with them and I'm like, why? And he's in like a suit the whole time. He's not even dressed for it. But obviously the agenda he was going for, he could only trust himself, I guess. And he needed to make Mm. sure the what they were going there for make preserving whatever they're trying to make money on stayed that way but he was the one you do find out later and we can get to it but he's the one that kind of tells the colonists to go to this place like this spaceship where they found the aliens and it actually is his fault why he like landed them and like it was like a death sentence essentially was like go look at this thing we've just heard about it can you go find out more and obviously that they're, they're traveling through space, like to get there, this, it happens really fast. Like the aliens move really fast. Mm-hmm. So it's actually his fault. They all die. Yeah, because they wouldn't take her seriously. Corporate greed. But he was taking her seriously because if she's saying this about this alien specimen, why are you sending people in to investigate it and then study them? Because they're studying them. Remember? It wasn't like, oh, let's avoid it. They're like, oh, let's study it. So he actually ordered them to go and look into it further and study them. I don't think they took her seriously in the sense of how serious this alien species is and how bad it is. They were like, oh, yeah, we can handle it. We've got guns and blah, 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 blah. But she knew like, no, nobody should be going there. Yeah. (laughs) Let's avoid, let's kill them all. And they didn't really trust her and like what that could cause. They were idiots essentially. But yeah, Yeah. so they all come together, the Marines, and they go to the planet. 
Yeah, I feel like everyone was just a bit naive apart from Ripley. But then Ripley's like, well, I'm going to go back. And I'm like, I do think there was a reason why she went back. It wasn't to face her fears. I think it's because she was going to get her license suspended, like her pilot license. And she needed that because you know how she blew up her last spaceship? And they're like, you're going to go to court and go to jail because you blew up this spaceship and you can't prove why you did it. So I think they kind of forced her to go back to like consult and also like I don't remember that. Get her license back, yeah. She didn't go back because she felt, you know, the goodness in her heart about it. I think she was put into a situation where it's like, go to jail on Earth or let's try it. We can get your license back if you come in and consult and help them out because you're the only one that knows what they're dealing with. But then everyone was just very naive. And there's that scene with all the Marines and she's like debriefing them and like no one believes her. They're all like, we'll just get our guns and we'll come in hot and we'll like kill them all. And she's like, "Mm, okay, but like that's not going to work. And then the Marines were even more screwed when you find out that their like person that was in charge, like what is his name? Corporal Marine Lieutenant, I think it's Gorman. Yeah, some lieutenant. He had no real life experience. Yeah. When they had the drop scene where they're dropping from the spaceship to Earth and they're like, you know, all like gung-ho about it. And they ask him like, how many drops have you done? And he's like, oh, like two in a simulator. They're all like, (laughs) oh my God. And then you can just see his incompetence grow as – they kind of land and tackle things and then Ripley just takes over because she's a badass. Yeah, you really see it when they go into that building and it's clear, quote unquote, but clearly you haven't actually seen everything and there's no people. So obviously don't get too comfortable. And I think that's when they actually come across Newt while they're kind of searching through the place. And mm-hmm. then like the group goes further in and they're in that like area where if they shoot bullets it's gonna fuck up that whole atmosphere shit (laughs) and that's when they should have probably turned around and like rethought i think then just like kept going but of course of course the aliens are there and then that's when the lieutenant really doesn't know what he's doing and he he's just letting them die essentially because he can't figure it out and that's when ripley's like fuck this and like gets the tank and drives in there and saves who Mm -hmm. she can but a lot of people died right away oh yeah so many there's only like a select few of characters that kind of make it in the like the marines essentially so you have your main ones which is like hicks and my boyfriend and then you got hudson and then you got phalaris or vascal like the badass chick that's like amazing Mm -hmm. but basically they're the only ones left and then every, the rest of them were in that the tank. Kind of the tank, so they weren't threatened at that point. Well, I think that's also when you first see Hicks and Ripley connect, because she then is like freaking out after she, you know, bucks up and like helps them. He's the one that like calms her down because she, she's been triggered. This is a lot of drama going back into the situation. You see him able to like calm her down, and that that kind of starts their relationship as jealous as you might get oh I but it's so hot because he's just so hot but I think backtracking he notices her that she's a badass and can handle herself is when she gets that kind of like exosuit and she starts loading things like she's just like not like a girl hanging out like she really can handle herself and then I start think he really figures out oh this chick like just took over and is like said you know Gorman you're an idiot I'm taking over because you don't know what you're doing yeah and just really took control and I think he was like that's a 
that's a hot lady right there. And I like Hicks because he respects a powerful hot woman. <laughs> He's like, he finds Damn, it attractive. Girl. Yeah, he finds it attractive. He's like, I don't care if you take over, I'll follow your lead. Let's go. And I'm like, yes. That is a man right there. <laughs> yeah, so they're starting to bond. But then I think this is when we really see how Burke really is and his goal because Ripley's like, let's take off and nuke the site, which, yes, that seems like the smartest thing to do. And he's like, no, what about the money? And says some bullshit like we have no right to exterminate a species. And it's like this, this species is a killing machine. It, they're going to exterminate us if it gets anywhere near yeah. Earth. Like, there will be no more humans. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a lame excuse of trying to hide his grief, but it was just about bringing back, like, this cool species and studying it, which is so stupid. I just, I'm so surprised by that because it's like fight or flight. And Burke, is, you've just noticed all these people die. Like, there's no way you can control this thing. These aliens are smarter than you. Like, there's a reason aliens were in that place it was a safe zone. They knew that that was an area that was had to be protected because it's like how the humans breathe and the atmosphere and everything like that. So they nested there for a reason. They're not stupid. Mm-mm. I mean, the queen's not stupid, as you can obviously tell as we get onto it. But I do like how they film it. It's like, where are all these aliens coming from? Where is this coming from? They're asking the questions and it's like, oh, it's like a hive. But they don't say that. But I like how they build to being like, oh, there's there's more to this film than there was in the first one when there was just like one alien. They have no freaking mercy. And then you see that also when they kill the ship that's coming to be like, okay, y- y'all are ready to go. Why are they keeping the door open? It's just so many stupid <laughs> things happening. And so, of course, the alien is in the ship when they take off and it crashes. And they, the people up above where they came from aren't going to realize they need help within until like 17 days 17 Mm -hmm. days in this like dark dungeon of a planet but they also damage the um that air yeah i don't even know what they call it they damage it and that's why i had to get off the atmosphere they were doomed because there was no gonna be no atmosphere and that thing was blowing up and that's where bishop's like oh we have this long (laughs) till we all die because of the atmosphere so the scene where Bishop gets into the pipe is insane. It Ugh. gives me claustrophobia. I'm just like, how is this guy getting in this pipe and crawling? I know he's a robot, but fuck. I know y'all can't see me, but like <laughs> the way he like shimmies with just his shoulders, like, and it's the most tightest thing ever. Yeah, like you, c- it couldn't be any tighter on his body. But I mean, good on him. He doesn't have the the brain to freak out in that scenario because i sure as hell would oh but as an actor i'm like oh did they like pull you out <laughs> oh that's true i wonder if it's like oh that's true a real person actually did have to do that yeah he's a real dude <laughs> is he is he though <laughs> I, I do like bishop though like in this one i like that they switch it where they bring in Bishop and based on the first one and, you know, you're looking at Ripley, she's like, I don't trust this guy because yeah. I had a, I had an Android and Ash double crossed us. And Bishop's like, no, I can't. I'm programmed to do this. And she's kind of like, yeah, what, what else is programmed? So I liked that you could see Bishop like an Android as a better character. And actually it was the humans always are kind of the bad guys. If you look at like Ash was programmed a certain way and now Burke being a human was also had the same agenda as Ash. But this time Bishop didn't, but I think it was because he was more of a military type Mm -hmm. android as opposed to 
Ash was a scientific Android on the other one. So different user purpose, but I like that there you don't quite know where Androids sit. It's kind of like whoever programmed them. So I like that they gave that little difference to them. Yeah, you have that doubt, like, but can we really trust you? Because we got duped the last time. And he really came through in the end, Bishop. Really just like he he got there for them. He does. I think now we're at the point where Hicks gives the tracker to Ripley, but then Ripley gives a tracker to Newt and they are pretty much just go to sleep. Like she goes and checks on her and then Burke traps them in there with those like the baby aliens that they were studying. (laughs) Yeah. Like they're called face huggers. We need to teach you the lingo behind all the alien stuff. Baby face aliens. Is what I call <laughs> but I mean, now he really shows how horrible of a human being. Because at least Ash was a robot. He was programmed to do this. But Burke is a human being. And to mm-hmm. lock Ripley and this little girl in there to get infested with this face hugger is disgusting. But thankfully, obviously, they got out with the fire alarm. She like that's how she let them know something was going on. But then Burke doesn't last soon after that because then like the aliens are coming and he runs and traps himself somewhere. And of course he dies because it was a stupid decision and he was by himself. Two things to point out. One, Newt is amazing. She like defends herself against one of the face huggers. She must be super strong because you look at Ripley struggling and needs three people to come rip the face hugger off her. But like Newt somehow defends herself she like shoves while. it against the wall yeah, or something. Shoves it and then she only has Hudson helping her. She's I'm just like, Newt, you're a rock star. Like Ripley like didn't have her shit together and needed tons of help. But you, little Newt, you're a superstar. Maybe that planet gave her super strength because I was like, wait, how is she not this thing seems way stronger than her? She also is a great navigator, which was really important based off the first film Alien because that other chick was a horrible navigator and pretty much killed (laughs) what's his face (laughs) they definitely (laughs) let the females step up in this one because it was you know you had Ripley and then you have Newt and then you have for for, I can't I don't know how to pronounce her name Viscaris Valeris the other lady that was awesome she was one of the last ones left too and she had a really good death yes um the lieutenant when they blow each other up together instead of getting taken he really steps up finally he's like you know what i suck at leading but i'm gonna help and we're gonna sacrifice Mm -hmm. ourselves to kill these aliens so they can get away get out um but the thing with burke so he does get you don't see him die there's a cut scene um, in like other editions where Ripley actually walks past Burke in, you know how she finds Newt and it's like, you know, they're, they're kind of oh. harvesting the humans to like, yeah. you know, he's down there Ooh. and she walks past him and apparently he asks for help and she just hands him a grenade to blow himself <laughs> up and keeps going. It's cut from the film and apparently there's not very much evidence about it but I was doing a bit of research. So they cut it because they're like, whatever, he's dead. But that also is like Ripley's like a fuck you. And there's a a still image. You can see the image online where he's on the wall and she walks past him. So you know that she's like, no, dude. So, yeah, he dies, obviously, one way or another. But it's it's nice to know there was that little cut scene there as well. Yeah, I wish I kept that in. I've been like, fuck yeah, he deserves it. (laughs) I think where a big turning point of the film is when – Newt falls down, which when we're watching it, 
you were hard on her about this. You're like, what's wrong with her? She can't hold on. <laughs> she was wearing a jacket, like, girl, like, do that jacket. But um, I was also reading this scene, the um, the actress who plays Newt, which is Carrie Hen, she just really enjoyed going down that slide a lot. It was like <laughs> her favorite thing. So she kept screwing it up so she could keep going on the slide. And then eventually James Cameron had to come in and be like, hey, like, let's get it right. We know you can do it. And after you've done this scene, you can have a break. You can just play on it as much as you want. And then she absolutely nailed it. And then she was playing on the slide the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> and I was because he's like, I don't need you for the next scene. I need you to do this scene. And then we can do other stuff. You can Makes just go sense. play. She's yeah. a little girl. So I'm like, this is really funny that she's like, I'm going to be strategic and keep doing this scene so I can keep sliding down this like slide. <laughs> and I'm like, that's cute. But I just think she could have hung on. She was wearing that jacket. Like how yeah. did, how does she fall out of that? It's just she like, fell girl, pretty your, quick. Your arms are in it. Like you could have. She ruined the whole thing. They were so close, so, so close. close. And then, but I mean, ever everyone else was kind of doomed. It was those three, and then yeah, she gets taken. Yeah, she gets taken, and then Hicks, I think, is. I don't remember if it's then. Oh yeah, they went down to like the pipe area, and he somehow gets like really hurt. He gets really injured. Yeah. So she takes him to the ship where Bishop has it and leaves him to go find Newt. And she's like, I'm not leaving her. They are very bonded. And she goes and risks it and has like, what, six minutes, I think it was like the countdown mm-hmm. to go find her. And then she finds the ex and the queen. Yeah. I think in this one, and they play on it a lot more, not giving away other films, but Ripley's like a badass woman, very strong, very like got her shit together. She's like a true leader and stuff, but I, and like, she's kind of like that warrior thing, but she still has her female instincts and mother intuition. So there's that kind of like mother daughter relationship with Newt, which they play on here. And then that's why she went back for her as well. But then that transfers to when you see the queen alien and her eggs. Mm -hmm. So like, you have Ripley trying to get Newt back, which she has her, and then they confront the alien. But then Ripley threatens the other babies, the aliens' babies and eggs, being like, I'm going to kill him if you come near us. And you see the queen, or alien, back off and tell her children to back off. So it was like a mother versus mother type situation. You could see the similarities between them and that. I think that's why it was important because it was like both of them were trying to like protect what they cared about but still being very fierce creatures just a lot of symbolism in that for me and I love it I don't think I noticed the interaction because you've seen it so many times I didn't notice there was like a wait back off so she doesn't kill us yeah she has the flamethrower yeah I knew that but I just thought the queen was like just taking her time (laughs) I don't know no so there's aliens approaching and she kind of like waves the flame over the eggs and then the mother makes a sound or like looks at the alien that's approaching and you see it kind of go back into the cave a little bit. Like she's saying like back off because this right. she can destroy all my little eggs type thing. Um, but the gross scene about that is like the egg funnel and how she like rips herself Ooh. off it. I'm like, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> it's so gross. <laughs> this is after Ripley's like, nah, screw this. I'm burning I'm this shit torch it down. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, Screw you, screw you, screw this. Like, I'm going to make the first, I'm going to backstab you first and make a move. Yeah. And then she rips her uterus from, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> from her tube or whatever. I don't know how that anatomy works. I and feel it was like really it's something gross. that she could regrow. It was gross, but I'm like, I'm guessing this is something that she can grow. But I do wonder where the queen was in the first one. Like she laid all those eggs and all those eggs were there in that spaceship that they find. So where was kind of the queen in that element? Was she just like running around somewhere else in the earth? Like I Maybe they never that- got to that part of the area. I don't know. Or maybe they killed the king. I don't know. Shoot, I don't know. The first alien was just one of the basic aliens, like one of the little yeah. worker bees, really. Um, so I just, I'm always like, where did the queen come from? Which is, you know, probably another day, another another alien movie or Prometheus or the new, I don't know the, the new TV show that's coming out. But yeah, alien mom and her sack, dear Lord. Yes. Um, and then they get away. They get in the spaceship, they get away, and Hicks is having a great nap. Like, Hicks is totally blacked out, like, completely useless. Where's Hicks? I don't know. Don't care, but he looks great doing it. That man is hot stuff. And I called it. They're flying off, and they're all, like, relieved and think they're safe. And I was like, no, no. This bitch is hanging on. You saw that in the first movie. You see multiple times in the first movie, and then also in this film when the first ship like they sneak onto them like they're quite capable of sneaking onto them and they can get through space a little bit like they don't quite need atmosphere or air or anything like that but if i can figure that out how come ripley doesn't think that and like maybe we should double check and like just jump out of the ship it's fine whatever i mean she rips bishop in half which was hard yeah but thankfully he's a robot so he didn't like yeah He's a robot. Fully just die on the spot. But something interesting about that, more fun facts. So you know how they like bleed white gooey stuff? Yes. So the actor that played him, Lance Henriksen, actually got food poisoning from this because they used like yogurt and some other stuff. But where they were filming, it was really hot. And so it started to like get gross and essentially grow bacteria. So he had this, he had this white yogurt stuff he had to spit out multiple times while filming and then he got food poisoning and I was like I mean that's saying true to your craft I guess <laughs> yeah but they didn't have coolers back then it seems like a pretty obvious thing that yo- yogurt's gonna get nasty in hot weather so bad on the production people yeah but I mean like Bishop you it's it's sad because you're like wow uh, android is actually helping them this time instead of like yeah turning against them and then he gets sliced in half but he's still you know he saves newt half of his body <laughs> right so then ripley's like newt get away and she gets in that i call it a claw tractor thing i don't know it's I called an exosuit okay and then she says of course i think the best line where she's like get away from her you bitch when she's like <laughs> going towards newt you're like yes there's so many good one liners so yeah and so then she pushes the alien down like whatever the, the thing airlock? where the ship comes from yeah <laughs> and eventually of course sucks her into space you know on brand i just obviously think ripley's a badass bitch but to be able to hold on and survive that that's that doesn't seem very realistic. But I'm glad she did. Yeah, she was just so close to like a place there was no atmosphere. So what is the level of science between her hanging on, not getting sucked out, and then you have Bishop hanging on to Newt, who also could get sucked out. Yes. I believe Bishop as an android could hold on to Newt. 
but yes it's also a little girl again that like that literally sucks the air out of that area and it was for a while so I don't know if anyone's like a Mm -hmm. scientist can tell us actually this could happen please let us know because I do not know (laughs) how it's possible but I loved it it doesn't seem like it when you watch all the other movies and they're like, you have to wait 10 seconds before you open the next door. Yeah, and like, yeah. It's not. <laughs> so it doesn't seem like it has to regulate. So I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many things. Glad she survived. I'm glad they all survived. And then it's like a happy ending. She like puts, what, Hicks, the hottest man alive, into into bed. She, I'm so sad she doesn't like get in with him. <laughs> and Bishop is looks like he's going to survive. I did like he said the line when she did somehow make it out of that hole. Not bad for a human. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's a human. So he was impressed. <laughs> yeah. I would. I just love the happy ending of this one. More survivors than last time and i think we need to call out that when everything is okay like newt's okay ripley's okay bitch is okay newt yells out mommy yeah and then they have this whole moment they do but it's and that's also the play on the mom thing but you you just your mom just died like 10 days ago it's like girl <laughs> she's not your new mom i don't know it's a bit aggressive i'm like you you have some trauma <laughs> you need a bit of therapy you think this chick's your mom you have some issues and i mean I'm sure Ripley will adopt you, but like, girl, your your parents literally just died, like literally three days ago. <laughs> yeah. And your brother. They're turning in their graves. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't have graves, whatever Thanks, they me. are. Yeah. They're probably they could may have even still been alive down there because like, you know, people seem to be still be alive down there. Yeah. <laughs> happy ending though. Such a happy ending. Get away from her, you bitch. <laughs> Okay, so going on to the film analysis, I kind of already know what I'm going to rate everything, but, you know, from one to five, how would you rate the script? I'll give the script a four because of all, like, the really great one-liners. I don't think on the other, like, side of script, it was, like, that in-depth, but it was just a great, fun script and did its job and, yeah. Yeah. LOL moments. I'm going to give it, like, 4.5, and I know we have... Bill Paxton's character, which is Hudson. Um, I know we have him as an honorable mention as well, but considering we're talking about script, it is he actually did a lot of those one-liners by himself, which I love like so much. So he's one of his famous one, which is like, game over, man, game over. He came up with that himself. And I'm like, that's iconic. And he also had to do the film continuously apologize to Carrie Hen, who played Newt, because she's obviously, she was a kid. So throughout filming, every time he had to swear in front of her, like he had to be like, I'm really sorry, sweetie. And then later on, she's like, she didn't really know what any of the words meant. Like when she was older, she figured it out. But at that age, she didn't know what they meant, but he felt really bad about how much he swears. And I guess in the 80s, swearing wasn't that big of a thing yet. So there's 25 times someone says fuck in the film, 18 of them are from Hudson. <laughs> Love it. Not surprised. <laughs> Not surprised. And I was like, 25? Interesting. Yeah, he was the main bulk of all those one-liners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when he's like melting down. <laughs> yeah. And so also one of his lines, which is we're an express elevator to hell going down, which is when they do the drop at the start of the film, he improvised that whole thing. And I was like, that's cool. <laughs> like who thinks of these lines? And his lines, I think, were just so in the film that were just so clear and crisp and like perfectly timed. And you're like, this is great. So great script. Thanks, Bill Paxton. 
R.I.P. <laughs> All right, characters. I'll give it a four and a half. It has a really good range. It hits all of them. You know, you got the badass, you got the good guy, you have like an awesome robot, and you have Hudson, who's just like a wild card that you kind of like think he's a douche, but then you kind of love him. And you have the idiot lieutenant, you have the badass elder chick. So it ha- it gives you, you know, the bad guy. I, I would say characters. I love the characters. I'm giving it a five. I think there's range. And I also, this one, that they gave the alien a character, the mother a character, as opposed to before they were just like killers that would just kill anything and they just wanted to, you know, grow their species. But the queen, mm-hmm. they actually gave the alien a bit, not a personality, but she, a personality, yeah. She had drive. She was, she was so annoyed at Ripley. She like literally hopped on a ship that, to go and kill them because she was so mad at them. Like they just, they just had a bit more depth to them, these aliens, which obviously they're characters too, but I'm just a big fan, big fan of Ripley. I think she's one of the best characters ever created. Good one, Ridley Scott for creating her. (laughs) All right. Uh, Plot and entertainment factor. I'll give this one a five. It holds you, right? It's you just, it it holds you. It has, it's act, it's packed with a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff. Like even the notes for this, I was like, I had to pare it down a lot because there was just like each thing was could be a note, and yeah, there's definitely the entertainment factor when you're fighting aliens with <laughs> Ripley. I yeah, I would I'll give it a five. I love this film. I've seen it so many times. There's just so much. It just keeps your attention, just like any of like you know the superhero movies and things like that now. But I know that James Cameron was brought on for this one. Like Ridley Scott didn't come back. And so there was a bit of a problem when they were filming in the UK, a lot of the crew worked on the original Alien. And so when Ridley Scott didn't come back because he was also British and stuff like that, a lot of them didn't really, it wasn't meshing with like James Cameron. He was trying to win the staff over and the crew to be like, no, I know what I'm doing. I'm really good at it. He actually had to work with Sigourney Weaver on it because she didn't want to come back unless it was Ridley Scott. And so he worked with her in the script and all these things. And he was like, you make like, you know, Ripley, whatever you want it to be. So he worked with everyone. But one of the things Mm -hmm. I found really sad that he was trying to convince the crew, like, I know what I'm doing, like, I'm good at this. So he arranged for them to watch a screening of The Terminator, which he had directed for two years earlier for the crew on the set to say like, hey, like, I can do this. And then apparently no one showed up. And I'm like, that's really sad. <laughs> at the end, it all came together. This is a great film. But I'm like, poor James Cameron. And he's like, I'm good at what I do. And they were like, no, you're not Ridley Scott. Please leave. <laughs> that's pretty neat. Why didn't Ridley Scott want to come back? I can't remember. I think it was a studio thing. They wanted to go like a different direction. Mm. Um, so this Aliens was written and no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was written and directed by James Cameron, I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, I think the studio just wanted to go in a different direction, which was this blockbuster route, but really Scott does come back. Don't worry. He makes, he comes back for future alien vibes in later movies. <laughs> so he's the OG. <laughs> All right. So honorable mentions, I know we mentioned Hudson's one-liners and I think Hudson is a character. The other one we have also mentioned is Bishop. He's just that different type of Android. He's a lot more lovable, I would say. And I love the scene at the start where he has Hudson and he does that knife game with him. But also in that scene, no one told Bill Paxton that was going to happen. So Bill Paxton was improvising and that's what they were doing. So he was actually terrified when they filmed that scene 
of the knife scene because he's like, this isn't supposed to happen to me. This is supposed to be like Bishop was supposed to do it on himself, not with like a human involved, which I kind of like. Which he kind of says in it. I, doesn't he kind of say that? He's like, I thought you were doing it, not yeah, me. Yeah. Or something yeah. like that. That's funny. It no one told him. Everyone forgot to tell him or they did it on purpose, but I liked that. Bishop is just good all around. You want him on your side. And, you know, his whole purpose was not purpose, but it was programmed to never like hurt a human person or something like Mm -hmm. that. So you got to love him, especially when he even goes the extra effort and tries to help them, not even just not hurt them. (laughs) One of my honorable mentions was Ripley's Jane jumpsuit. I don't remember she's wearing it the whole time, but I know it's like when they land, she's wearing it and she just looks super cool (laughs) and so badass. And I was just envious of her jumpsuit. She can rock it. (laughs) All right. So conclusion, would you recommend? Yes. Yes, me too. Watch it. I feel like you need to watch Alien first. This one you could probably watch alone, but there's just so much more to it when you watch Alien first yeah i mean you start with what happened in alien it's connected very much so so you should definitely watch both agree thank y'all for joining us for aliens leave us a review and comment on any movies you want us to watch and whine about don't forget to subscribe and find us on tiktok at champagne cinema linked in the description see y'all next time cheers, cheers.